Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready? Ready. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back after domestic rugby week number two. What a weekend of rugby we've just seen. So we're going to dissect it all, uh, talk about all the stories from the weekend's rugby. I'm Tim. JB is right there. Hello, Timothy. Are you, is that a sailor's outfit you got on there, JB? Uh, this is, uh, I guess this would be like a retro sail FC top, would it not? <laughs> this is sail before there weren't sharks. No, I'll tell you what this is. Um, That's it, very, very, looks very nautical to me, Jay. It is very, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because it is, in fact, nautical. This is part of my fun dress outfit that I used for my good friend Nick Ledger's stag do oh. and uh, I just happened to keep kept the t-shirt in fact not only have I got this one I've also inherited Bryn Williams' t-shirt so quite <laughs> well, frequently so point, there's, there's no rugby stash there and Phil unusually is not wearing any rugby stash either but good evening Phil nonetheless good evening yeah I've just been uh, cooking and working on the house today so a bit, bit more casual than usual oh I hope you got more of those anecdotes Phil <laughs> <laughs> Right, so on this podcast, as you can imagine, we're going to be talking about what some incredible games in Pro 14 and Gallagher Premiership. Really, some absolutely belting matches. The Prem, the Prem this week. I mean, actually, I say the Prem this week because I've not really followed much of the Pro 12. Pro 14. Sorry, uh, Pro 14. But the games on Friday night were rather exciting, well, weren't Pro, they? I was going to say, let's touch on the Pro 14 because... Phil's proud Ulsterman and JB's beloved Benetton the are the two teams sitting top of the Pro 14 table. That's it. The, the, the absolute boys, that's why. Absolutely astonishingly as well, if you uh, kind of followed the Ulster scores up to 79 minutes in both games, you would probably not believe that they would be unbeaten we, right now. So my theory is... The Ulster fans aren't particularly happy with this because I don't think they like to win. I think they like to be <laughs> like the plucky underdog. In fact, Gallant losers. Yeah, I bet they were cursing it when Cooney kicked the, kicked the last second penalty. No, we like we like to win at home mostly. Because, Only at home. Because it makes it a difficult place. We've played twice at home now, so it's, it's quite good to get those two wins. But not from what I've seen, not amazing performances. But you, you're kind of rebuilding parts of that team. Um some new guys come in. Uh, Kurtzia um, fit and running over people. Hang on, Kurt, hang, on hang on. Let's not enormous. get carried away with Kurtzia. Who was the real star of Friday night's game? Uh, Cooney. Who was the real star of Friday night's oh, game? Oh, are we talking Gil- about Gilroy. Exhale Sharks? Will, Will Addison. What a guy, eh? <laughs> have, you, have you seen the Gilroy try? Uh, no. Talk me through it. Uh, just unbelievable pace from about 60 yards out. 
goes inside outside the fullback. Well, he, he was he was very very promising until not so long ago. Like he was the future of Irish rugby on the wing, and now you hardly hear of him. <clears throat> yeah, not as much. He has got some defensive frailties, and he got uh, he didn't come out of the court case of the year last year in the best light. <laughs> court case, court of, case year. of the year. Yeah. Um, although he came out better than some. Yes. Um, but yeah, he looked to be back, so he was suspended following that. Mm. He, he now looks to be back to his best. Um, but yeah, is Will, Will Addison go, going to Ireland? I mean, is it going to take a, a whole swathe of injuries before he gets called up? I, honest, honest answer is I'm not sure. He's never really been one of Schmidt's men because because of those defensive frailties. Mm. Schmidt would take a more solid backline than having the uh, attacking potential. We can talk about this in more depth in a bit. We can, yes. Uh, we, I, I, there's a couple of big stories that have happened in the last week since our podcast. Yeah, do you uh, hear about podcast. the? Um, sorry, do you hear about the LSH results? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that Is that one. A, uh, that one. H. Talk H, first win of the season. <laughs> Fifty go. odd points put on Grand Old Club LSH. Thank you very much, boys. Last sorry, a sad state of affairs for Liverpool, the, the mighty Liverpool Saint Helens. Or. Is it a good state of affairs for the even mightier? <laughs> so I guess I should st- JB uh, Phil and I. Sorry, should start with a, a slight apology for talking down the prospects of Matt O'Connor being sacked after one game. I told we, you we laughed. I mean, we laughed at you for the tenth time that you said it, but you were eventually going to be right, and you were. Well, that's the thing, isn't right. it? I mean, I knew at some point in kind of the recent and distant future that he was going to get fired yeah. or leave at some point. Yeah. So if I just carried on saying it for enough years, <laughs> he would have gone. I just got but, lucky. But I, we, we both thought there is no, there's no way on earth that Leicester, having put that, presumably put their faith in him because he's still in a job, would then sack him one game into the yeah. season. I mean, we did mention that quote that he said about, oh, we just needed another 80 minutes. And we said last week how damning that was on him. <laughs> yep. But we didn't see it coming. Um, I mean, I, I guess my thought is probably would have been the right decision four months ago if they were going to go that way. Yeah. Or, well, there's lots of... there's lots of. So do you want me to tell you why I think they didn't happen four months ago? I think they were expecting him to jump, basically, over the summer. And when he didn't, they had to then sort of put up with him. And in the end, enough was enough, and they just couldn't carry on. That's what I think. Expecting him to jump doesn't seem like a very good strategy for running a business. (laughs) Which is kind of why I would say... The other guys need to jump as well. <laughs> well, maybe. So I actually got in more trouble this week, would you believe it? Not something which you two know about, but for talking about Leicester's situation. And it's my opinion that uh, Jed, Jed Glynn, Simon Cohen, have actually got the right systems, the right processes in place. I don't think head coaches should be dealing with contracts. I think there should be a rugby operation. I think there should be uh, you know, like an NFL front office operation that deals with scouting and signing people and salary caps. And I think they've got that right. I'm just not sure that those are the right guys to you know, drive it forward. And are you judging that on the basis of... Um, NFL teams, basically. The decision that, that, no, the decisions that they've made with the three coaches yes, in a year. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they've gone through Cockrell. And I understand that the problem with Cockrell was not really Cockrell, but they felt forced into dismissing Cockrell because of Aaron Major, which is why they then dismissed Aaron Major. Because I always thought that was a weird one. And then after that, they landed with Matt O'Connor after doing a worldwide search. I mean, <laughs> you know, and he, you know, he could have worked. He could, yeah. He, you well, know, t- it's easy to say with hindsight, isn't it? Yeah. But they've got the right structures, just the wrong people in those structures. Jordan Murphy, 
I think he might be. I think he might be a decent appointment. Well, it's it's interesting because you often, virtually always, when you get one coach who's not doing very well, released in in certainly the sports that I know well, football and rugby, you get this bounce, mm. this kind of honeymoon period where the new coach comes in, all of the things that were kind of causing angst amongst all the players. All of that emotion wrapped yeah. up in it. All yeah. the frustration comes out and they put in a very good performance, which is something that Leicester did today. But then you often see, not always, but you often see kind of not quite all of those problems have been solved. Some of them were more fundamental. Some of them were to do with individual players. And it kind of, ev- eventually it'll just even itself out to a similar position. Be an interesting one to see how it plays out, and so yeah, I think we should. Res- it's a re- we can get into the actual game in a little bit, but obviously a really, really strong start to his interim head coach position, uh, Jordan Murphy. Um, but we're all kind of in agreement that maybe it wasn't done at the right time in the right way, and could have been done. Could have been be- being done with being done four months ago, but yeah, yeah. I, I, it should have been done four months ago. I mean, there's no two ways about it. They don't want to fire their coach after one game but, but I think it was justified but it, quite, a, quite a bold move if yeah. they made that decision and I mean, pulled that just trigger just go back to Phil's point about the bounce it makes no sense to me that whatsoever because I think now particularly in the Premiership you know is sales sales first 15 very much worse than say Leicester's first 15 or you know is the very best Northampton 15 much much worse than say Saracens probably not so it's all about systems and processes and settled squads and that kind of thing, which is why actually I'm surprised that more teams don't lose more frequently when they change coach whilst they well, rebuild. It comes onto the point that you uh, mentioned last week, which was the culture. Yeah. And if if you've got the frustration, if people aren't happy, they're not going to play their best rugby. And mm-hmm. if people are happy, and you you, you see it, you you saw in that uh, Leicester game, George Ford absolutely bossing the show. And doing more than just being a link man, just yeah. receiving the ball and passing, receiving the ball and passing, taking the opportunity to take the ball to the line, show and go. And yeah. the freedom, it appeared, and it might be systems, it might be process, it might just be because he's a lot happier now, but the freedom he appeared to play within that game is something that I've not seen uh, for I some think time. I think you're massively underestimating the, the psychological side of things and breaking it down into systems and processes. And if that were the case, then you would have... You wouldn't have guy rugby players like Thomas Waldron, for example, who uh, is not necessarily wasn't necessarily the most incredible physical specimen, but, the but was really man. really effective. I would say he's the ultimate system man because Exeter knew exactly how they wanted to play him, exactly what his strengths were. Well, he, he, he didn't just him. do it at Exeter. Uh, but anyway, anyway sorry, maybe that was a bad example. Uh, no, of, of the point I'm, try, a, point a I'm trying to make would be is Danny Cipriani because you can't coach that, can you? Like. You know, there is no there is no system where you say, yeah, three three phase, and then Danny, do you mind missing six? You know, or <laughs> that lovely little pass that he did. You, yeah, you're going to get man and ball and just do a two man miss pass. Yeah, now, I want to make sure he hits you in the chest, Danny. I <laughs> want to uh, talk about that because a lot of people are saying, oh, golden wrists, Mark two, what an another, platinum wrists, another wonder. Yeah, platinum <laughs> wrists, upgraded, uh, another wonder pass. And I just want to point out last week's pass to Charlie Sharples was incredible it was as i pointed out last week it wasn't a penalty advantage so it was a shot to nothing but you still got to be able to yeah, do yeah, it yeah. this one it was in- impressive getting the ball out just before he was going to get walloped again they had penalty advantage and he was going to get walloped and i think rather than um or as much as no probably more than praising danny cipriani's pass which was quite a loopy chuck it anywhere 
Jason Woodward has got nowhere near enough credit for turning that lob from Cipriani because it wasn't a pass to Woodward. It was a, oh, get, got to get, get rid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Woodward turned a lob into a pass with a fingertip catch low down as he was going at full but pace. Like, it deserves would, more credit. I would agree with that. Yeah, It's one of those passes, right, that could easily have just landed... The hands of the bath player and oh, they yeah. score and they win Rokuduguni picks it up well, no, yeah. well, then, they, then it would have been a penalty so he knew he had that oh was that a penalty advantage as well it was a penalty well? advantage right, as well that. Okay. So, uh, but it's the fact that he does it and he does it all the time and they always look lucky and you can't you know he's not always <laughs> lucky he's just amazing he's amazing at what he does I, you know England if they get the right team and they play in the right way it could be some some force I mean they won't do any of that but, 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 but again George Ford behind a, behind a pack going forward we talked about that so Suddenly, he looked uh, not not. He didn't just have a good game. He was absolute class. So there are certain tells, aren't there? So like you know, in the Second World War, they had uh, weather stations up in um, <laughs> uh, up in uh, Iceland or Greenland. where do you pluck all these analogies from? I love it. <laughs> well, no, no. and it, you know, it just tell you how the weather would be. So it, apparently, in Iceland or Greenland or wherever it is, you'd have uh, weather like two weeks in advance, so you knew what to do, do, do on the continent. And in rugby, it's a little miniature one. It's George Ford, George Ford's face. And when he's got his intense face on, like like he did at the AJ Bell last year. Oh, the last game of the season. And yeah. this game as well. Yeah. Like he's just got he, this burning intensity. He doesn't celebrate his tries. Yeah. He's he's shouting at people that are doing a good job. Like he he just turns into an angry little man. And that was his best rugby. Damn he, effective. He was brilliant. He was. He, he? was he was absolutely sensational. I, you want him with a fire in his belly, don't you? Yeah, I was kind of as of the opinion of George Ford now that he is basically a guy. He can catch and pass, and he's a little bit defensively frail, and he's not going to really... We, we sort of know what he is. And that's because I've forgotten what a great player he is from when he was playing un, un, under his dad at Bath, with Kyle Eastman, I might add, <laughs> uh, all those years ago. It's, it's brilliant to see. Now, one other story. Sorry, we, we, all this stuff we can come back to, but I just want to touch on this, and let's not get too bogged down in this one. Let's make it quite quick. Well, but we got, to Alangi to win a World Cup. <laughs> we, got the per- we got the perfect man right here. JB, you're a financial advisor by day. And Premiership Rugby was subject to a 50% takeover bid by a um, venture capitalist company who valued it half of the Premiership at £275 million, um, a bid which I don't think has actually been voted on yet, but is looking like it's going to be voted down by the club owners. Um, some of the club owners. Some of the club owners. I know Bruce Craig came out and said... Uh, he's more interested in control than cash. No. What? <laughs> Bruce Craig? <laughs> uh, but Nigel Ray, for example, seemed to be positive and in favour. There's some people that have suggested they're undervaluing the premiership and they might seek more money. Um, but I was really interested in reading Ben Kay's article in The Times on Saturday where he was saying now's the moment for the RFU to strike and purchase Premier Rugby, uh, premiership, the premiership so that they can all work to the same goal. What is the same goal? A great, well, Eng- a great England team and a great product, monetized. Because I suppose like, when you look at broadcast rights, uh, for example, at the moment, the Premiership and England rugby are pulling in different directions. They're com- they're competing with each other. I guess they are, aren't they? Yeah, there, I guess there's an element. There's there's some. They have some mutual goals, but they also have some conflicting goals. So England, for example, would want all of their players playing maybe ten Premiership games per season, so that they're absolutely fighting fit and fresh mm. for every game in the England shirt, whereas all the all the clubs want all of those England players available for every single game they play because they're the draw. 
Mm. Yeah, I'm, I so there was some chat some time ago. I mean, it was like four years ago. It might have been further along than that. It was when Bruce Craig first took over Bath. And the speculation, and it was just speculation, was not actually England rugby or the RFU buying the premiership. It was a premiership chairman clubbing together to buy the England team. To I think buy the a, RFU. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think that's a more interesting prospect because the England team would be of phenomenal value to the premiership if they, if they owned it. Well, if if they're both... Well, either way, if they're yeah, both in the same pot. If they're both aligning their objectives and pushing in the same direction, then it's got to be good. So here's it's, one it, example. Well, it's got, it, it depends. It, I'm I'm looking at this because I don't have a vested interest in any one club. Uh, well, I, neither, I, neither do any of us, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm more interested in England being competitive in the Six Nations and World Cups. So from the way I look at it, I think if you have that kind of shared ownership between the RFU and Premier Rugby and you can properly align those goals so the England players get the best combination of match freshness, yeah. match fitness and freshness, then that's got to be a good I, thing. I've got, well, I've got a, one area that gets funded by the RFU currently is grassroots rugby. Mm-hmm. But again, if that was all in one pot and the whole organisation, the Premiership and the RFU or the England team were funding grassroots rugby together, that's that's a mutual benefit as well because these guys, the greater participation in rugby at the lowest level feeds into the to the participation, yeah. to, it feeds into the support for the clubs, feeds into the, the players coming through at club level, into academies. I just think it, it makes a lot of sense. I understand exactly what Phil's saying and one of the issues could be uh, the thing we quite often criticise the Pro 14 for is Johnny Sexton has played nine games in the last two years in the Pro 14, two of them being finals. Yeah, which is not really good enough, is it? Um, but but, you know, but if, if Leinster are good enough to get to two finals without him for all those games... Mm, fair. I mean, would you want the Premiership to be, you know, like the Mitre 10 or whatever it is in New Zealand? Not really. I think there is a danger of that. Yeah. Um, it's also unclear to me that you know, grassroots rugby necessarily translates into more professional players. In fact, isn't there some studies saying that elite sport damages grass, grassroots sport? Well, that that may be because of exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. The, 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 they're, they're taking all these resources and they're just f- channeling them into the wages of elite players and not funding grassroots rugby. Yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure it's even their job to fund it, to be honest. I mean, obviously the RFU, RFU's job not, is Not job, but I'm saying it's a mutual benefit. So. Yeah, so... Um, do you know what sales sharks do for local clubs? Because this is actually quite, quite, quite interesting. So, if you provide from your club a sales sharks academy member, you get a certain amount of cash. If he makes a first team appearance, they show up at your club with a big, a big check, like ten. I think it's ten grand. Yeah, I have heard that. It's pretty good. It's like it? ten grand each time. Yeah, um, and then in and then equally, there's some sort of development thing where they have local coaches come in. So, lots of people in the northwest know kind of how Sail Sharks play and the language and that sort of thing. And there's also something called the 100 Club, which I believe is set up so, you know, if your third team need a, a new set of shirts, you can approach 100 Club for funding. It's actually pr- a pretty neat way of decentralising funding. And also it's a club taking control of the local area. Well, this one's going to be more for us to talk about on this one next week because I think, the, 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 I think the there's vote. a vote happening at some point this week. Yeah, well, I, yeah, OK, I'll just leave it at that. Hmm. I think... It, I think It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Well, the two wealthiest owners have said no, haven't they? That's Steve Lansdowne 
and Bruce Craig. But from what I understand, it's not clear that all the other owners... Well, they've gone from... It's not happening, so let's see what the deal is. Because they've all got debts to pay off. They, they do, and it would it would give them a nice, chunky little immediate windfall. I tell you what. No, it would be priced in, wouldn't it? But um, Worcester's for sale, and it's you know it's got a lo- load of debt to it. So if you could buy it for a couple of quid, I mean, you just <laughs> take it, on the debt. Buy it for one pound. Yeah, buy it for one take pound. Up, take Classic. on £10 million well, that, pounds worth of debt and well, then get £20 million pounds cash as soon as this goes through. Exactly right. Well, I think that's why... Some people are suggesting this whole talk is part of the reason why Worcester haven't been so aggressively trying to sell as they have been in the past because they realise there could be some money well, coming yeah, in. And then you pay yourself a massive dividend, to well, half to you, half to your wife. Your wife is probably living abroad, just like <laughs> Philip Green, Green's wife. And then you in exit the, the club. But she's registered abroad. She's registered in the Cayman Islands. Exactly, like exactly. Well, I, I've forgotten. I understand that it can be a long time between uh, weekends and we're, you know, it's Sunday night at the minute. And it's a long time till Friday and more rugby comes around. So I thought I'd give you some bedtime reading. Uh, so, Phil, I, I've, I asked the guy who oh. makes these if it's all right. And he said, yes, I can give you a couple of the stat packs. Oh, lovely. From wow. the last couple of weekends. Um, so there you go. I know, Phil, you boots. If you want to know, I mean, did you know, for example, that Marco Mama's dad uh, has a restaurant in Zimbabwe? No. Oh, well, there you love go. It. I, I heard one the other day. What was it? Someone's dad. Someone, someone's mum or dad did something. Oh, it's going to annoy me now. It's got to be on. It must have been Nick on the Kennedy. Friday. No, Mem's an author. <laughs> uh, oh, it must have been on Jack, Friday. Jack Noel. Butcher. Uh, Butcher. Johnny May. Fisherman. Fisherman. Johnny no, May. No, that's Jack Noel. Yeah, I said oh, Jack. Oh, sorry. Well, I said Jack Noel. I was thinking of um, Luke Narraway. <laughs> Johnny May. Johnny May. Uh, What's his? No. Mum taught Ed Sheeran guitar. Oh, yes. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, who, 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 played Friday, who played Friday night? Uh, uh, Northampton Quinns. Beloved Benetton. If we want, it's someone who plays Northam, uh, either Northampton or, or Benetton, and they mention what their parents do, and I'm not going to be able to rest until I find out. Um, and Jay, I haven't forgotten you. I got you a match programme from the AJ Bell Stadium oh, today. I've already, I've already got that one. <laughs> you weren't there? Yeah, uh, no, mine's signed. I, 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 get, them, I get them in advance. <laughs> <laughs> lovely picture of John O'Ross on the phone, your favourite. from your mate Steve. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> How was Steve today? He was good. Yeah, he's well. He's always good value. He is isn't great. It? Yeah. Um, best best dear what to interview. I think you and him have the connection. <laughs> you well, have a connection. You have a connection, don't you? Well, it's uh, it was all very uh, amicable, and Steve seemed to be in good spirits today. And um, he he's he's a great character, isn't he? How, how yeah, was he? Because I didn't watch the post game interview with him. So yeah. how was he? Because half time uh, before the game, he was in quite a good mood. Half time, he would have been in a very good mood. Yeah. Full time, not so much. Although the win is yeah, the well, win. Yeah. I think the last the last answer he gave, he said, "If we play like that against Exeter in the second half, they'll kill us." Oh. <laughs> yeah. Extra, Extra would put forty points on mm. on any any team playing like that in in a half. Extra would put forty points on them. I do not fancy their chances against Exeter next week. That's what we. Well, Exeter, Exeter, and Saracens have just continued where they've left off. Two games, ten points. Yeah. Two bonus point wins, and particularly Exeter going going away to Wasps is a difficult place to go. And Exeter bonus point they prevented Wasps from getting a lo- losing bonus point, although Wasps did get the four tries. Tell you what, the it's a um, hell of a performance. That Elliot Daly try was quite cool. He looked after, good at after two back, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, is that is that where they played him? Mm. Yeah, because he looked like he's playing outside centre where where he received the ball. Yeah. No, little dummy. It was like schoolboy rugby. Yeah. Oh, cornerstone alarm. 
Oh, is that the alarm? It a is. reminder. <laughs> Already. Already. Well, Hold we'll get own. into that game in just a minute. You two, why don't you just do, do a bit of your uh, your, your little extra Here reading? Here you go. Stuff I've got you. Here you go. Here you go. So what I'm going to do, right, is I'm going to hand you a bit, bit of paper. Okay. I'm going to hand you a bit of paper. Okay. Think about it. Think about it. Origa- um, origami, fact, me and is Bill this? will think about it. And we're going to write the name of the coach that's going to take over from Eddie Jones to take England to the World Cup. Whilst you talk about talk 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 about Cornerstone, <laughs> okay. Well, when you've written something down, uh, take over from Eddie Jones. From Eddie Jones, yeah, because he's obviously getting fired, isn't he? Before the World Cup, I thought you were going to say <laughs> who's going to be the takeover from Matt O'Connor. Do nope. that as well. Eddie Jones is going. Eddie next. Jones, okay. Well, right, so, who's going to take he, over from Eddie Jones? Go, you, uh, you can have that. Don't 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 tell us. Just uh, me and Phil will do, it, and then we'll fold it up, and you talk talk about Cornerstone. As I tell you about our friends at Cornerstone, who have an amazing offer for you. So they quite like us at Cornerstone, and so they've extended this offer through us to you to get your hands on an incredible set of the finest razors we believe you can get. Uh, you can try this Cornerstone razor. So it's a mail order razor company, German precision engineered. They were there before all these other pretenders that are coming on the scene with their plastic shafts. If you want to get your weighty aluminium shaft, if you want to get six precision engineered razors delivered to you in a Cornerstone presentation box, you can do that for just four quid. Uh, because you listen to us, simple as that, less than a pint, and uh, there you go, you've got, got a month of amazing Cornerstone goodness. You can see what, what we're raving about, and um, yeah, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers is where you need to go, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, or egg tent at checkout. Right, don't tell me what it says on that bit of paper, fold, 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 fold it, it up, up. Okay. here's a pen for you, Cocker. Hold on, I, I'm... I'm I, <sighs> Who's taken over from Eddie Jones before the World Cup? <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's so, not happening. Okay, so South Africa are going to beat, beat England. Then Australia are going to beat England. And then England are going to beat Japan. And then they're going to lose to, to, to the All Blacks heavily. It's something like that, right? At which point his position is going to be untenable. And then someone's going to open up the envelopes, which I'm going to seal <laughs> these in. And we'll see if we know the, ide- the identity... <laughs> Of the next coach to take England to the World Cup. Interesting. So who who who, who should we post these to? Who would we want to read them out? I think well, I'm po- posting them to David Flatman. Just uh, on... just <laughs> just keep them somewhere secret. You well, we trust you not to look. Put them in this uh, mug. No, no no no. We're going to post them to someone. Okay. Okay. Well, get in touch at Ruby Podcast on Twitter. Yeah. If you want to look... chases yeah. Ruby Podcast on Facebook. Let us know. If you would like to be the recipient of them, <laughs> or if you know who you would like us to post them to, yeah, there we go. I, I, I was going to send them to David Flatman. Okay, all right, there you go. Um, so we were talking about Exeter and, oh, El- the... and Elliot Daly at fifteen. Yeah, mm. um, that that try was superbly taken. Uh, it was it was almost like schoolboy, where a little bit similar to the Manu Tuolagi, where you you break one tackle. And it just opens up, and the player's yeah. got the pace to, well, to finish it off. I guess a lot of these um, defenders are quite frail, really, because everybody is, everyone's got a job. You're, you're stretched thinly, and if you miss that tackle, if you just miss that one thing, you know it all opens up. All right. So on what you've seen from the first two rounds, pick your England back three. Hmm. Mm. Only going on those performances. Uh, no, no. But I mean, factoring in. Okay. What you already know, but having seen the first two rounds as well. Try to think who I you got South Africa this weekend. You're Eddie yeah. Jones. You're back three. I don't think he does anything without Mike Brown. I, mean, I, I think that's the cornerstone of his back three, regardless of what number shirt he wears. 
I, I agree with that. Um, I if think his back I, three used cornerstone, they would be incredibly well shaved. Exactly. Um, anyway, I think Mike Brown at fifteen for me, and we we saw in in the summer he played very very well, be it on the wing or at fifteen. He did play well in the summer. Yeah, he he still got it. So Mike Brown, I would have Johnny May, uh, who scored. Did he score two tries this weekend? He did score two tries. They're relatively easy tries, but yeah, he scored two two tries. And then, hmm. English wingers that have stood out. I think, I, I honestly can't see anyone surpassing the guys he's already got. I think Brown stays, even though he didn't stop Harlequins. Was he injured? He was injured this week. He started last week. Yeah, on the, on the wing. So, Or at least he was named on the wing, or did he actually play he on the wing? He played on the wing because... Yeah, no, he uh, Aaron Morris. Aaron Morris played at fullback, right? So, Elliot Daly, I can't see past Johnny May. I mean, those are the three. They, they're just the three. No one's done anything good enough yet to say... Okay, the, maybe he gets a start. The guys behind him, Yard and Denny. Nah. Not not, not of not of the same standard. Watson's injured, Knowles injured. Woodburn. Um, Woodburn is now injured. Ro- broken broken Ro- jaw. Rocco Rocco's well, ready did, to go. Did nothing. The guys that round. were in the last England squad were Nathan Earl, Joe Cook and a singer. Oh. So did, no. 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 Okay, fine. There we no. go. No. Yeah, no all all static for me. No, not a guy that I've particularly liked in the past, and but he is getting a load of uh, praise at the moment, and he's playing well. Um, is, would Matt Banahan ever get a return to the England squad? I don't think so. Now, too old. I? Yeah, th- not, th- no, it's th- not, thirty-one. Not, it's not, not an necessarily age thing. Too old, it, I agree, it's not an age thing. But let's face it, it is an age thing. I mean, it wouldn't factor into my decision if I had to win a World Cup. No. And I don't think it will factor into Eddie Jones' decision. I think he will pick the best people available. Is is would Banners get into? Sar- he wouldn't get anywhere near the Saracens starting I lineup. Think, mm, there you go. That's a guy who I'd Lewington. like. Lewington. Lewington. So he took two tries very well last week. Um, bit more time in Saracens, maybe. It's another another gloss- three three tries in two games uh, for for Lewington. It's not 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 a shabby not- start. He just knows where that try line is, doesn't he? Woodward's not a bad shout as well yeah. for, the, for the options in the back three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Moving slightly inside, a man, yes. who, man who definitely put his uh, hand up was Slade. Henry, Absolutely. Henry Slade. Yeah. He, he was on the bench last week and came off the bench and played very well for Exeter in that second half. Yeah. Uh, when they dominated Leicester and then was outstanding. And the gas he had. Yeah, both on the outside both. break for his first try and the interception. Yeah, both of them. Where uh, Juan Dion gave him too much room on the first one, and he took it. That was very, very impressive. Yeah, it's in, it's it's good because you've also got so Manu, who obviously as soon as he does anything good, he starts hitting the headlines. As soon as you, yeah, well, as soon as you start talking about him for England, he breaks as well. So yeah. we should we should stop. But good point. he's got a very, very good try. That was an amazing try. And it wasn't the power, because we know about the power. That's always going to be there. It was the pace, pace. afterwards. Yeah. Have a look, you have a look at that. I reckon Nicky Gonover could have caught him. Yeah, I, 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 look, I was, was, I was looking down. at it going, was Nicky Gonover running full pace there? <laughs> do you think <laughs> Nicky Gonover likes defending that much? Do, do you think he likes defending a full tilt, Manu? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't blame him for jumping out of the way. <laughs> I'd probably do a... Uh, one of my one of my best and worst moments in rugby was uh, playing against Bristol when they were like seriously good with who were the guys 
Ben Sternum was their number eight. Ben Sternum, and, I've got a story about Ben Sternum. And, and uh, well, more on that in a second. And uh, Andrew Sheridan was play, was it was, I've got was transitioning a, a, a between Andrew Sheridan. Was second transitioning role. between lock and prop. Yeah. He played both in the game that I played against him and there was uh, Gus P shot and it was and all of that it was that Bristol era. It was amazing times. Who was the winger? Uh, uh Phil Christophers. Phil Christophers was outside centre. No, for he's Bristol. They, no, he's outside centre on that particular day. Uh, sorry, for for which game was this? Bristol. Oh, it was a, it was a, the final week of pre-season against Newbury. Anyway, oh, I, played, right. I, I, don't, anyway I don't know the team too that much. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I just remembered why I haven't gone off in this. I remembered that, that this had a point. Now I'm I'm completely losing. So it. you played as Ben Sternum. Oh, it was Gareth Archer. Playing. Gareth Archer was playing the second row. Yeah. Uh, who else did they have? Augustine Peashot. Yeah, Augustine Peashot and Contepomi were playing. They had an, um, Jason. I want to say Jason Little. Yes, Jason Little yep. was playing 12. Uh, and uh, I think... God, there's some names in that did, team, isn't there? Uh, oh, uh, the guy who Who's ended up being the there, Bristol Philip? backs coach and is now like a RFU coach, Paul Hull. Oh, no, I, know know him. Him. I, know, I do know him. I know him as a player. Yeah. Um, was Vaughan going there for a while? Or was he Sale? Or... I think he was Sale. He, he was, de- he was definitely not Sale. I'm just, I wonder if he was a, a Bristol, Bristol for a while. Might, might have been. Anyway, I pl- but point being... I remember wishing I'd got out of Andrew Sheridan's way when he ran through for a try. <laughs> I chased him admirably, got in front of got him. him. Got him. How did he get in front of him? I just, well, I, I, saw, I, was, I, was running si- I was running from the side, got him, and then basically it was like a steamroller going, just going over something. He just, he just flattened me, ran over me and dived and scored. But, which, it was a good <laughs> effort. But the, 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 the thing was, on the first week, uh, the next week, um, so, uh, someone sent me a Bristol programme which the picture was Andrew Sheridan diving for try with me <laughs> minced on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you the other guys you missed out. Um, Julian White. Julian White played. And the other guy you missed out is the hooker, uh, Mark Regan. He's a Bristol lad through and through. He's a Bristol lad through and through. He I, played for Bath. But I don't remember him playing. I think it was an Argentinian or something like that was Argentinian. playing. Anyway, it was, uh, it was good times. Mm. But point being... I wouldn't blame anyone for getting out of Manny's way or pretending like they're running full pace. But have a, you have a look again, Nicky Gonover. Mm. Yeah, because he's quite fast, isn't he? He's rather quick. He is pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, do you think this sort of blows the lid off um, the idea of Newcastle going back into the top four? Well, two games, two, two losses, losses fairly heavy to be fair, to on the opening day, before a, a ball had been kicked or a pass had been made, Dean Richards said... Uh, if they manage top six this year, he would be absolutely delighted. So I think he was tempering expectations from the off and recognises that Newcastle were the beneficiaries of a lot of big, uh, bigger teams with bigger resources underperforming massively last year. So, Yeah, because everybody's good this year. I mean, that's what strikes me. So far, uh, uh, there are teams that are not performing as well as the sum of their parts, but they're still bloody good. And I just wonder if Newcastle had a few games which could have gone against them Last year, go for them, and this year it won't happen. So, who are the te- who are the winless teams? It's Newcastle, Worcester, Newcastle, Bath. Worcester, Bath. But Bath drew obviously against Gloucester, thirty-one all. Mm. But they are winless. So, yeah. Do you want, so Bath is an interesting one because oh, hold on, Ben Sternham. Uh, I can't. I, I, I've oh, thought really? about this. And I can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll tell you. After, I'll tell you after. Well, that'll be. Well, I'll tell you what that will be. That will be one for the next live pod. You can come up and buy JB a beer and um, yeah. tell me about Ben Sturdum. How many <laughs> times have you been asked about Ellis Genge? 
too but many, too many. It's crazy. Oh, did did you see him on Ruby on Rugby Tonight? Tonight? It was brilliant. Yeah, he was good. Really good. The baby rhino. <laughs> I've also um, a lot of a lot of people have tagged me in the last few days um, on an Ellis Genge video of him downing a pint, which good, which which de- uh, it's decent. decent. It's decent. decent. It's a solid pint. Yeah. Um, and Andy Good is going. Hey, hey, Jim, Jim Hamilton. Maybe we better, uh, you know, get him involved. I reckon he might have you on a pint. And then they're sort of going, "Oh, you know, who's got the quickest pint in rugby?" Um, I just, us? I, well, yeah, I just. <laughs> when you when you say us, you mean Tim? Tim, closely <laughs> followed by me. I might yeah, add. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> like you, you, Genge is probably comparable to you. It was, it was a good pint, reasonable. I yeah. want to knock this on the head once and for all, right? <sighs> You have a world record for a reason, Tim. I have, I have, I have the Guinness World Record for downing the Guinness for a reason. It's, oh, they wouldn't let you do it with I Guinness. Know, it has to be the water. It's, so I, I guess it is like I guess that is comparable, like to you know how quickly could you drink a pint of morphine or something? They don't want to encourage that sort of behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is, uh, is this, eight shots of petrol. So if they're worried about not advertising Guinness by necking a pint not advertising alcohol by necking a pint of Guinness in the Guinness book of, yeah. but you can advertise Guinness by calling it Guinness exactly book of, right it's more people oh we got sent a link the other day me and Phil like I didn't read it all because I'm lazy and if it's anything like over <laughs> words I can't be bothered with I did read it all I yeah. know what you're going it was a drinking contest from the 1960s late 60s I think it was and tell me about that in a second I just yeah, want to make the point yeah. so uh, like Andy Good. Love him. Jim Hamilton, great. Stop talking about downing pints and who's quickest. Uh-oh. You're all slower than me. Feud. And that's it. End Feud. of. You're all slower than me. By oh. all means, by all means, take on the champ. But as long as you know who the champ is. I, I think I think this is a beef too far for us. <laughs> Sorry, okay, no, this, is, this is the kind of beef that I can get involved in. I'm happy with this. <laughs> anyway, what was, your, what was this drinking competition? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's 1970s. Right now, the, 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 the beer, the weapon of choice, the beer of choice was... Something tartan, yeah. Uh, it, it was a brewery. It was a be- it was a wonderfully old school name, and the winner. How many pints? It did was you like a tartan best. So yeah, it was tartan a, blonde or something, or tartan tar- best or something like that. And it was a, a bitter, uh, and it was they had one hour. Uh, the, the way they described it was they had one hour. There was something like twenty competitors, and at I the half- you say twenty pints then. Yeah. Oh well, well wait, wait for it. One hour, twenty competitors at the halfway stage. Uh, the bookies started offering odds on who was going to win based on their performance in the first half. And there was a couple who were... It was 11 or 12 pints after Just half to give an you an hour. Idea. Is it who can get the most yeah. in without... No no sickness. Yeah, you can't be sick. You, oh, my God. No toilet right. breaks. Just to give you an idea of how quick the tempo was of the drinking, it was similar to you when you heard there was free Guinness in the Irish consulate. <laughs> <laughs> it was up there with that kind of speed. And the, the winner, I think it was 17... Or 18 in an hour. How can you not then, expel there was, anything? There was a video. There was a video of this. And <laughs> the winner didn't really know he'd won. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> it was a remarkable... It's, a, it's, it's, it's like because complete... he must have just spent a month in the desert um, <laughs> crawling on his hands and knees. They did say, actually, that he'd been eating... Uh, salt? Yeah, salt beef <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> For the, like he'd not had a drink and been eating salt beef Jesus. for, for twenty four hours beforehand, <laughs> so he could have. Well, it. We used to play Centurion in university. He's like, you used to have to pay like a tenner to get into Steam Rock in Bristol. And Centurion it's... is that one shot every minute for, for a hundred? Uh, sorry, hundred minutes. Yeah, and that was near enough impossible. Well, a shot of beer, not a shot of obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and that was yeah, drink, very, drink, drink responsibly. Please, exactly. Please, please drink please. responsibly. And that was near enough. I mean, it's such an amazingly quaint thing, isn't it? Just a, a, a noble, innocent drinking contest with 17 pints. William <laughs> Hague couldn't, couldn't have done that. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I'm not up for that. Well, no. If you want to know another way that the time that the times have been changing, listen to this. This is ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. So I've got you, no idea where this is going. By the way, you won't believe this, right? But um, I was on Twitter before, and I I got outraged. Yeah. What you? Yeah. You? No. Yeah. I'm not having that. No. Yeah. Uh, true story. I was outraged because of this tweet. You you, you ready for it? It's come from Cranley School Rugby. Roslyn Park 7's under-18 winners, 2016-2017, Joseph's winners, blah, 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 blah. Basically, they're good. Very good. 19 teams, 38 coaches, 341 players strong. These guys are a serious rugby school. Here's the tweet. Hold on to your hats. This 15 season, we won't be publishing results via Twitter. We'll, we'll highlight standout and most improved performances as well as lessons learnt, the week's highlights, 105 people's made debuts, uh, team of the week, second 15, lesson, lessons to learn, let's get lower in the tackle. Hashtag chasing moments. Stop it. Stop it now. So what? They're not publishing they're results. They're not putting their results up. Uh, do you know why, or are you just jumping to conclusions well, on this? Well, I am jumping to conclusions. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm reading what they've said here. They won't be publishing results because they want to publish highlights and stand out uh, and, you know, people that have improved. This seems to me utterly wrong and missing the entire point of rugby. You train to get better, you play to win. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I've had this put... I thought it was put really simply and really well on a, on another podcast. JB, I know we both listened to Joe Rogan and he was talking about um, mixed martial arts on one. And, and I, what did he say? He said, I I say to my his kids or to... He says to his own kids, it hurts when you lose, so it feels good when you win. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, the, it's a yin and yang. You, you need to lose. Yeah. You need to lose badly and humiliatingly, and it needs to hurt because that's how you get better. And it should be on Twitter. It should go to the widest possible audience when you get things wrong because... That's how you get better. I've been in some awful teams, and when you get that first win, it's better than the winning season that, that, that the winning season that you have. It's just how just how it goes. Or if you get run over by Andrew Sheridan, you go right. I'm getting in that gym and all right, Tim, and a, um, and, a <laughs> and, and next time you're going to smash time, him, right, yeah, Tim? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And how did that work out for you? Uh, not so well, mate. Not so well. I, I, I'm, it blows my mind that that would be their that's attitude. That's a shame, isn't it? It just shows that. Well, that, that's not. I bet that's got nothing to do with the rugby people. That's to do with the sociology department of the school. I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, there is. Sh- surely this is just a Twitter thing, and they because those lads will be celebrating their wins. Of course they will. Of course they will. They will. Um, it's, it's not. It's not the only metric, but it's. Um, I mean, they don't keep scoring junior rugby, which I think is ridiculous. You can, the, point, the same thing goes. You can in, you can enjoy and take processes and learns out of uh, out of defeats. It's not. It's, oh, oh yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And also, isn't the point of getting better to figure out what the other team are doing so you can yeah. win? It isn't right. It is not about the taking part. When you're playing a game, it's about winning. Now, that doesn't mean you are only coached to win rugby. It means you're coached to improve as individuals and as a team. But when you play, it's to win. That, that, that's it. That's the whole point. The whole, the whole point of the whole game. Unless it's a friendly or a pre-season. Oh, dear. So on that sad note, 
Let's lighten things up a little bit. Yeah, Luke go is on. dead. It's dead. I've got a little quiz. Oh, I've lovely. got not just a quiz. The return of rugby social. Oh, bring it, bring it Wonderful. on! Wonderful. Didn't get we at one stage have some music for rugby we social? We did. Let's not get into the music. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, right. So J- JB's electrical uh, sockets are, are melting currently. Anything else will just <laughs> overload it. Exactly. So uh, I've got four questions. Uh, if we get to it, there'll, be a, t- there'll be a tiebreaker. That's the way stuff goes. Nice round number nice, four. Nice round number because I got bored after four. <laughs> um, well, actually, it's, I only wrote three and then I saw something that was so good I had to put it in there. So Ooh, we've got nice. four now. Ooh. Excellent. Um, so, so this is oh, Phil you... trawling rugby players' social media feeds. It's mostly Instagram, actually. Uh, which, So I'm not on Instagram other than to uh, catch up on what various different rugby players girlfriends did, did last night. night. <laughs> yeah. And and maybe maybe what some of their girlfriends are doing. Yes. Um so first question I'm How is Alex Lazowski anyway? <laughs> Lazowski? Yeah is he alright? Has he got uh, an interesting missus? No I didn't say that, I just said I asked about him. How is he? Just asked how he's getting on. Ah. No, it's fine. It's alright. It's good. Interesting. Ah, maybe something to look up later. Okay. So I'm gonna give you three options for each question. Yes. Tim you get first Pick on the first question, Jay. First pick on the second okay. question. Understood. So, first question. Which Sail Sharks player has oh. recently started advertising Pyramid Scheme Herbalife on Instagram? <laughs> pyramid Scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's a oh, cas- it's, it's, cascading yeah. financial triangle. It's exactly. a t- tiered marketing scheme. <laughs> yeah. Um. Who is it? Byron McGuigan, James O'Connor, or Marlon Yard? Hmm. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, well, James O'Connor hasn't got as much going on at the moment because he's injured. Um, I'm going to say Marlon Yard. Tim goes Marlon Yard. JB? In, well, that's incorrect. From what I know, yeah, just think about the characters. Byron McGuigan. Um, Tim is correct. What? Marlon I would never have thought that. Get in. There we go. 1-0. Let me put it on the board. I mean, when I, no, it was because when I was doing the uh, the chat before the game with him earlier, he uh, he, he started trying to flog me something. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did he interview Marlon? Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. He, he speaks very well, actually. He does. Yeah. Question number two. What unusual medical intervention... I'm not sure intervention is quite the right word, but medical procedure. Did Sergio Parise have this week? Was it, and JB gets to go first on this, mm-hmm. was it Botox? Was it hypnotherapy? Or was it leeches? Oh, crikey. Botox. I'm assuming it's something to do with the cauliflower ear and oh, it's leeches. no. It's 2 0 to Tim. Yeah! I I don't know what it was trying to do. I think they were on his leg. On his leg? It might have been a dead leg. The whole thought of leeches just go through me. I know. It's horrible. So Parise was being leeched. So 2 0 for Tim. Question number three. Tim gets gets, uh, first pick on this. I'm sure there's a lot of people going, oh, I wish I could have been that leech. (laughs) Question number three. Gloucester scrum half. Callum Braley yes. got some attention this week by bringing his pet into training. But what was it? Was it a cockapoo, 
a micro pig or a ferret? Now, um, there was there was a ferret getting on a, on a on a tram at Piccadilly Station earlier there was, this week there in was. Manchester. Was it Piccadilly? It was a tram, but was it was it Piccadilly? Did it we was ever Pic- get, fa- did it we was, the end of that, did we? It was Piccadilly in the end of it, yeah. Um, that's a bit too hipster, so I will go. I'm going to go with the dog. Micro pig, give me micro pig. It's two one. Yes. Is it a micro pig? Yeah, micro pig. Callum Braley's got a micro pig. From the picture, it looked like quite a big micro pig. It might have been one but, of those that was sold as a micro pig. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a piglet. Just a piglet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fully grown. Oh, I should have known. It's Gloucester, isn't it? It's farming. Farming land. Farming land. Right. Probably end up in someone's smoker sooner rather than later. So, JB gets first pick on this. Here we go. The final question before the tie break. Um, final question is, which Leicester Tigers player drew smiley faces on the underside of his toes after the Newcastle win? Was it? <laughs> it's a genuine. He had a family of, family of ten smiley faces on the underside of his toes. Was it? Ben Youngs, was it Manu Tuolagi, or was it Ellis Genge? Has to be Manu, because El- uh, Ellis is injured, Ben Youngs hasn't got that sort of banter going on. Manu, yeah, yeah, Manu. JV says Manu. I could, I can't just say Manu and... You can't say Manu? No, uh, Ben Youngs. Neither of you are correct. It's Ellis Genge. Oh. Of course, fan favourite, Ellis Genge. Ellis Genge drew... A smiley face on the underside of his toe. Of every single one of his toes. <laughs> and then waved waved both sets of his feet, his toes, at the camera. Wow. Oh, God love him. <laughs> what a great guy. Oh, by the way, on, on that, like, writing stuff on yourself, you've noticed the, the tape around the wrist oh, and people yeah. writing stuff on yeah, their wrists. I know where it's going. Quite often there's a cross yeah. or a name of a daughter or son or something like that. And then, do you see what Ronaldo Bothmer had on his? Yes. <laughs> well, is it Smash? Smash. <laughs> it's so Namibian, isn't it? <laughs> oh, by the way, in that same game, because th- th- there was a bit of giggling in the commentary box when he said Smash and Ben K made a joke about, or Austin made a joke about, uh, he's got the bangers and the onion gravy. He just needs something to go with it. It's his shopping list. Um, but the big laugh, oh, no. but the big laugh, was after Sam Vesti. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. Oh, God, this, this does make me feel a bit queasy. <sighs> this makes me more queasy than... I'd rather be leeched than watch this again. Yeah, it's not... Sam you... Vesti eating... If you didn't see it, uh, Sam Vesti eating his bogey, caught oh. on camera, um, live on the... You can't recover from this as a, what, 40-year-old man? Well, you can, actually. <laughs> you well, know how? He's going to be hammered for it by the his good example, teammates. The very good example is the... Um, German football coach. Oh, Joachim Lowe. Yes, <laughs> Joachim Lowe. He did the same thing, didn't he? Well, it was not quite the same thing. It was... Uh, no, no, he, he did do that. He, inspe- and... he inspected it first. Oh, did he do that? <laughs> well, Sorry, I've not, so not seen that one. I've seen the other one that he did. Oh, what hand... was that? Can we not talk about Oh, oh well, well, he, had, he, had a little, he had a little rummage and a sniff. <laughs> <laughs> that is... I feel... You've got to go re- re-rack the balls and... Uh, yeah, just adjusting yourself is absolutely. I mean, re- try not to do it in public. But yeah, adjusting yourself. Sometimes is fine. you need to re-rack. But yeah, re-rack and sniff is not on. Is not- <laughs> and a bogey and chow chow down on it is not on. You know, Joachim yeah. Lowe ate his bogey, but he inspected it first. Oh. 
I mean, uh, I mean the, these people, how do they think they can get away with these things when there's how cameras do you think everywhere? You can talk about it? Stop talking which, about it. Which leads <laughs> us nicely on to professional rugby players who think they can get away with things when cameras are everywhere. I know where this is going. Mathieu, Mathieu, Mathieu Bastereau. What an idiot. So stupid. The, <laughs> the is it, this is the red card for him for Toulon against Cast? Uh, cast. It was Cast. Yeah. At which Toulon won by one point their first win of the season. Um, but uh, player on the floor, on the wrong side, but he's getting out the way and Bastero dives in with a sl- swinging arm to the head, basically. It just drops a shoulder say. on his head, drops a sh- swings the forearm in when he's yeah. on the deck. Yeah, it's, it's such a sh- cheap it, shot. And like you say, with cameras everywhere. How, how, I, so I understand the red mess coming down, but that is just such a brain dead, such a stupid thing to do. If you're going to have like a little cheap shot, like again, the fact that I don't know for sure whether he did or didn't, TJ Perinara in tackling the Argentinian winger looked like he sort of clocked him on the face with his foot. But if if, if he managed, if he deliberately did it, which it, you know, he'll say he didn't, and it could well not be. At least he did it. He disguised it very well. So cheap shots will go on, but the art of they it is do. the art of it is not not being seen, not being caught. Yeah. This was so obvious and blatant don't, and reckless. Yeah, do it when there's lots of players around. If you're gonna, if you're going to do that kind of cheap shot. Do it to get away with it. Is Bastro basically the French Ashton? Phenomenally talented, should be top of their game, just carries on getting caught with stupid stuff. There's a little bit of that. I am glad that stuff like this happens every now and again from the point of view of... Uh, it's a reminder of what happens in the amateur game every Saturday. Yeah. Not when, to- not when Talk H play, we are squeaky clean and fat. <laughs> of us here helping out the opposition, we don't see it. Helping an old lady cross the road. That's, uh... And then sweeping the changing rooms. Oh, is there someone top, helping him very carefully uh, around the neck? Top H players uh, giving Liverpool St. Helens player a little, little bit of a oh, stretch. Cramp. Look at that. Aren't we, aren't, we lovely, aren't we lovely guys? And we train on Tuesdays at 8pm <laughs> at, at MMU uh, 3G. If you want to know where that is, Platt Lane in Manchester. Very good. But yeah, there you go. What, what lovely guys. You'd love to be part of that group, yeah? You sweep the changing room. No, no, we have people to do that, uh, to do that for us. We're incredibly middle class. There you go. Um... The other games that we not spoke about, so we not really touched on Friday nights. It, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't two great. two teams trying to play rugby, and there were some there were some glimpses of great rugby in there. Was there? There were glimpses. I mean, the the opening uh, twenty seconds when Tom Collins yeah made that break. I kind of there think Tom Collins must be RC Tuala's break in the first half yeah. where yeah. he sighs through, he runs laterally, then sighs through. Gets stopped a great Marcus Smith tackle. That was like an NFL oh, running yeah, running back amazing, running actually, along the. It? That was like that's... an NFL running back running along the scrimmage and darting through a yeah. gap that had opened up. It was uh, a yeah. play. So that that play beautifully summed up the game because brilliant bit of uh, individual skill from RC Tuala, exceptional tackle. Northampton recycle the ball and Fish the hooker passes it to the feet of Bigger who knocks on. So like from the sublime to the. Just in fact, the awful. first and last games of the Gallagher Premiership weekend were disappointing quality overall in terms of the execution. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and I I would actually I'd, I'd mention the the Worcester Sale game, um, which Worcester in particular I was just disappointed at their lack of ambition. Their tries came after. 20 or 30 phases because they never seem to want to go they've got some really talented outside backs but they never seem to want to spread the ball they're just wanting to go one phase 
one ball out, one man out, one man out, one man out. Um, Dan Big is an interesting one, right? It, what do you think of him two weeks into uh, his premiership? His, well, premiership stint. He's still finding his feet with the team around him. Mm. He's done some very, very good things. I, I, I thought he played well. He didn't play particularly well in the first game, but he was against. He was behind a struggling pack. He's amazing. I, 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 what I love about Dan Bigger is he's basically Martin Johnson, but in a tiny body. I mean, like <laughs> his attitude and his his he, leadership. He's so angry all the time. He's just so competitive. I love that side of him. Yeah, I mean, no, I love that. I mean, it's almost like he wins by force of will because he's not he's not Danny Cipriani, is he? He can't do half the things that Danny Cipriani can can do. Not in terms of his his well, or, or um, George Ford. Yeah, to mention like his line break ability or anything like but that. But I would take I would take Dan Bigger in a World Cup final over it. I either those two probably. Well, he went on the line store, didn't he? He did, yeah. and those two didn't. Those two didn't. I mean, he's. I mean, maybe line store wouldn't be the right place for him because. Well, there's only three tests, but like in tournament, like in tournament, tournament rugby, he's, he's just he's just such he's just got such a strong mental character. He, he may not he may not reach the uh, completely mesmeric heights that some players do in in terms of individual plays or moments. Yeah. but he also never drops below a certain threshold as well. He it's uh, and that's exactly what Northampton needs. He's got like Cons- the, yeah, he's got the attitude of Martin Johnson with the passing ability of uh, Martin Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it's interesting. Courtney Laws and Dylan Hartley have both been involved in two consecutive games for Northampton, and look at the difference. They, he um, yeah, he did make a difference when he came on. Really Hartley. did. And Courtney Laws playing. Really? They're two best players, isn't it? They're, they're, yeah. and they're two highest paid players, probably. Yeah. Bruce O does not look like a like a guy Ooh. who's adjusted to the Premiership too well yet. It's trying very hard. Almost very too hard. hard. Almost too hard. Haskell yes. looks good, though. Haskell looks like a cracking signing for them. And, again, having worked with him on Saturday once again, just and, and you guys know this from the... We, we, we've been lucky enough to get into, uh, into some situations where we're either talking with a commentator or a, a referee or a, journalist. an ex-player or a journalist <laughs> or uh, whatever. And we're so lucky, the game of rugby... And the fans as well. We, you know, we go out for a podcast, and we can happily, we could be stuck on yeah, our we, own. Yeah, we, we can. Ha- we can happily go out for a podcast and not worried about getting shanked or anything. No, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. Nice a, a bunch of rugby fans in in a pub, and if you're on your own, you'd still, we've still had a good time. Um, or whether you meet a current England international, and he's, I hate, sorry to use the word humble, Jay, but he no, please humble and. And charismatic and friendly, and we're just. It's, I'm forever grateful that I went along to a rugby club when I was mm. six years old or whatever. Here, mm. here. Love Com- it. Completely agree. I did like how Skull keep when he kept saying <laughs> "we" for wasps uh, in the halftime breakdown. <laughs> yeah, well, he's been he's been he's been a wasp since he was an academy player. Since and he was uh, a Graham. Yeah, and a Stade Francais, and the Highlander. And then a wasp again. And then, and a, wasp then again. a wasp again. I mean, yeah, he's primarily a wasp, isn't he? I think he'll end up going back there in some capacity. Um, I can't imagine what. I don't think he'll be coaching, but I can see him being like something there. I'd be interested to see what he does after the World Cup. Well, he's in the Times today, uh, in the money section. Really? Yeah, like all the things he's got off, you know. Oh, right, as in, not Sup- writing as an, an interview with him. Yeah, yeah. Supplements, yeah. gyms, uh Body fire is one. Yeah. DJing. DJing is another. That's got to be the most fun. DJing. Yeah. 
Nutri- <laughs> like nutrition is a whole a whole big thing. Yeah, he's, and then got, he, he's got a book, hasn't he? And then he'll nutrition book. if he, if he, if he wants to be a an analyst or a pundit, I'm sure you know he'll be excellent at that as well. He's he's got definitely a really good rugby brain. One of the next ones to become the next wave of pundits. There's no two ways about that because he's so good on TV and he's very very knowledgeable. So hmm. I'd I'd be interested to see him get maybe a couple more years of rugby somewhere else. Maybe France, maybe Japan. I don't think. I think this is World Cup, and he's packing it in. That's I, I, I suspect he will do because he's got so much else on. But I'd just like to see him because he, because he's one of those players who has already done it all. I, do you know what though? I can see Northampton going back to him and saying, "Here's here's more money, please, here's please another, stay," yeah. because they'll realise his value. You don't realise his value until he's in your club. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the first and last games were disappointing. Some absolute blinders right. in between. So I've been talking, haven't I, about uh, who's going to be fired? Obviously, Eddie Jones is going. Um, well, well. So Matt O'Connor has gone. So last week we did a Twitter poll to say after one game who should get fired. Matt O'Connor. The the poll was fifty six percent, or maybe even more. Matt O'Connor. Uh, Less than twenty four hours later, bang, gone. I'm tempted to start another no. Twitter poll. Well, no, because the guy I'm about to mention is Todd Blackadder. Mm. Okay, I was convinced when Gloucester were three tries up, this is the end of Todd Blackadder. There is no coming back from this. 21-0. And I changed my, yeah, I changed my mind on Bath. So last week I said Gloucester were going to win this. Mid, uh, midway through the week, I was like, actually, no, I think I'm wrong. I think that there is enough in that Bristol game to suggest what they're going to try and do next week. And they've got enough players who are good enough that they, that they can ex- execute it. So I actually went back on myself and thought, no, Bath will win this. And at 20 nil, or 21-0 nil down, I was certain, absolutely 100% certain, Top Blackadder has now lost his job. There's no way he can keep his, keep his job being nilled in a, in a West Country derby. Yeah. And then somehow they kind of clawed it back. And I don't think they're going to be happy with the draw, but it's definitely a stay of execution. Well, to be winning on whatever it was, 77... 21-0 down, and then they were... 31 24 20, 24 up with two minutes left on the clock yeah um but it, it was it was interesting the way they came back because they scored Rock, Rocco scored which is a very well worked try yeah good pass it was Burns wasn't it who mm. floated the pass out but it, it was phase after phase that got them into the right territory then they had the scrum uh they scored the try and then immediately banged straight after half time was the it was the banners mistake to pass to Jamie Roberts, which gave them the territory, and then it was the overthrow uh, straight to Tom Dunn. Yes, the Gloucester o- overthrow on their Ugh. own five meter line. Tom Dunn picks it up and falls over the line. So those that got them right. That turned it from twenty one nil to twenty one fourteen or twenty one twelve, whichever it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is. That's um, one of those heartbreaking mistakes at the at, at the back, back back of the lineup. But what I think about Bath going forward now is think about Leinster, right? What what do you think of when you when you watch Leinster? Or how would you describe their their, their style of play? Uh, power. Yeah, yeah. First in, and foremost, in one word. Yeah. yeah First you and just foremost, have to use one word. They're brutal. That's on, probably on, it. Aren't yeah. they? And I thought against Bristol, I could see some of that brutality, particularly in the first 20 minutes. They're running over players. They look, you know, uh, absolutely devastating. 
And I think that's sort of the foundation that Gobin Dempsey is trying trying to build. And I think that's what's going to keep Top Blackadder in a job at least till midway through the season, unless it goes horribly wrong. Because Matt O'Connor could not point to a single area where the team has improved or is getting better, or there is no hope for the future there whatsoever. You just, it was kind of a shot, a shot to nothing. Whereas at least I think Todd Blackadder can say, "Look, we've got this attack coaching. This is what we're trying to do. You can see glimpses of glim- glimpses of it. And if Great. if they do establish that power game and they've got the boys to do it, they are going to be frighteningly good. Because if they can get that bit, and then you add, <laughs> yeah, you know." In the Cock and the Singers, who I don't particularly rate, so I won't go with him. In fact, I'll add, um, you know, Rocco's, Jonathan Joseph's, you know, uh, Anthony Burns. Watson. Yeah, all of a sudden, if they can do everything, they're not looking dissimilar from Leinster. <laughs> it's because they've nice got... to, to emulate, try and emulate. They, they've, they've, they have got an amazing, amazing squad. They have. They're just not getting the best out of it. It's interesting you, you talk about uh, Leinster and, and stuff and looping back to Leicester that's one thing that has been said a lot since Matt O'Connor's left is that for some time now Leicester haven't had a sense of identity in mm. in in how they in how they play the game and there was that there was that sort of conflict when there was the major cockerel thing between the the traditional forward oriented game and trying and then but we want a bit more of the attacking stuff and and then they brought all those guys in in the back line Ford and May and Viani was there and all the rest of it and you thought well they're going for the and they never really addressed the forward issue and, and it's still that's where I want to see how what's Leicester's identity but you're right with Bath at least although it's not as as um, as what's the word Flu- fluent as yeah. they would want there's clearly a sense of identity yes yeah exactly like Leinster we've got firepower where we need it but we are going to bat it we're going to just try and batter you I think that, yeah Jamie Roberts is kind of all of a sudden makes a lot more lot more sense over Ben Tapoy now, and I, you know, I've got a feeling if they get on that front foot, they're going to be one hell of a team. I've gone full circle on on, on back, <laughs> but it depends. that's not like you. Yeah, it, it's not like me exactly right, but it does depend if they can get this power this power balance right, and if they mm. can start dominating collisions, which you can, can't you? When you've got Toby Fowler uh, on your and, team and, and Dave Atwood, and do you know what you described? Right? What you yeah. described? Um, Saracens, right? Exactly. Huge ball carriers in the forwards, really. Tough inside centre, yep. Like, yeah, like a a big rod of iron there in the middle of the field. Defensive captain and just a, just a unit, and then absolute gas out wide. Yeah. So uh, you know, watch it. I mean, it's too early to call yet. I still think they're gonna. I still think Bath fans should be very worried, and it's going to be a rough old ride for maybe next six or seven weeks. But if they go on this steady progression. You might, you know, they might be all right. In fact, they might be really, really good. I don't know. It, like, it's kind of like we said. So, actually, I've gone full circle, but I actually ultimately agree with myself with what I said <laughs> at the start of the season, which is they could be really good or re- or really bad. They've got the biggest range of it, of any team where they could end up. Mm. I, I I do agree with that. Yeah, so, yeah that's another way of saying I was, I'm just sticking with what I originally said. <laughs> you were right. I, yeah, as as always. Uh, talk, you mentioned Leinster, Scarlets, handy win for them. Do you know what I think? Uh, in fact, on on the on the Gallagher Premiership, I think if anyone had listened to our predictions and put a bet down, the Bath Gloucester draw would have been the only reason why yeah. they wouldn't have got. In fact, I think out of the first two weekends, you and I, Phil, definitely have got eleven out of twelve. The only one we haven't got is was a draw. Was a draw. Uh, I think I, we went all the same on them on the all actually. Uh, apart, well, last week we did. 
the first week, as I reminded you last week, you you, you picked Worcester to beat Wasps. Oh, and so they nearly close. did. <laughs> so close. On Even with close. 22 penalties uh, conceded, <laughs> they nearly did. I'll keep reminding you of that every... So, yeah. Yeah. So that would have been some tidy acc- accumulator money if you'd have uh, almost delivered, um, thanks to Bath. Uh, so anticlimactic draws, aren't they? Yeah. Because no particularly Bath, like, oh, they've got back. Gloucester were ahead all that time, and then they rescued a draw. I tell you what looked great about that game, the game in general. That crowd looked amazing. Yeah, it did. It looked absolutely epic. And it was quite quite cool having the burger van on fire. Yeah, they should set up, they, they should set fire to more burger vans. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was you were thinking because at that point it was twenty one nil as what well. Think, I, I like the fact Bath is so. Com- yeah. I like the fact Bath are so committed to nutrition um, education among their fans oh, and they just burn they, it they just burn it anything you know just no that's too unhealthy. What did burn uh, it. Nick Mellons call it <laughs> a conflagration? Was it? Was it? It was something. There's a conflagration in. Conflagration. I can't remember even know the word. Love it in in the corner, uh, which baffled Austin Healy. Yeah, what? you mean a fire? <laughs> yeah, conflagration. <laughs> conflagration. That's the one. An extensive fire which destroys a great deal of land or property. Well, add so, that. So maybe maybe it's not big enough to be described as a conflagration. See, he, 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 he knows and, what conflagration means, and he can also describe Sinotti Sinotti as a rolling ball yeah. of barbed wire. Well, why don't <laughs> we add that to the egg chasers, uh, egg chasers online dictionary alongside decimated conflagration? <laughs> yeah. And, and thank decimated. you for everyone that that just sharpened. I was almost there with what decimation <laughs> meant. It was if uh, a battalion or whatever the uh, the Roman legion lost a battle, one in every ten they would all be lined up, and one in every ten men would be killed. Makes sense. Natural Make, selection. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, kind um, of not natural, but his <laughs> <laughs> type one, of selection. Here's one. Here's one question: Had Serena Williams been? A oh rugby God. player. Ooh. What would have happened if she called? Well, we've seen what happened. Yeah, because Dylan Hartley was received a red card for calling Wayne, uh, Barnes. Wayne Barnes. I find this one of the most disgraceful, disgraceful episodes in recent in Sporting. recent sport. Yeah, I mean, she has. Not this wasn't your question, but this is but no, this no, is no, 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 no. Question, no. I think answered. She has bullied a. Referee, she has used her power to undermine him. She has then continued the feud afterwards. She's not given any credit to her opposite number, who beat her fair, fair, uh, who beat her fair and square. Uh, she's called the referee basically a cheat. Well, a, thief, a thief is a cheat. Thief, yeah, um, thief and a liar. Yeah, and then and she's gone down the, ro- the the road of saying things like, you know, I want to make a better society for my daughter. She's absolutely. Oh, did you not know she's the only person to ever become a mother? Did you I, not know like, that? Strange enough, I heard that. I heard that. I thought this can't be true because there's not been there's not been a, a new mother, has there? For no, no, it's, it's true. Years. She's the but, only yeah. person to have become a mother. I mean, she's. I mean, I'm not going to say she's. Uh, she's just. She's incredibly entitled. I mean, that's the thing. She's incredibly entitled. She she will earn something. She'll her net worth must be multiples of thousands more than that empire who she decided to. to uh, decided to menace and label a sexist and everything else. It's, a, it's absolutely horrendous, actually. Well, well JB, don't forget, what, what she said is that uh, afterwards... So this is, in the heat of the moment, people can do stupid things. The England captain, as you said, yep. called, called the referee a cheat and got a lengthy ban, which kept him out of... Was that the Lions tour? Lions. Kept was... him out of a Lions yep. tour. So 
you know, he had to live with the consequences um, and you do. And I think the answer to the question is, and again, another reason I'm proud of rugby is on things like this, that the the book comes down on you. If, I would love to if, see if you question the integrity of officials. Um, that is a value that rugby has always held and continues to. With the game moving on, I love the fact that that a player could expect a significant ban. Yeah, if, I would if they were I'd to like do to the same thing. Next few, I mean, it'll never happen because you said the sport's top uh, top draw. But I imagine that's exactly why she felt entitled enough to go on her little rant, and she felt entitled to that grand slam. That 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 that's how it was. She would just look spoiled and pathetic. Well, well, she said it was about. Uh, she said afterwards. So in the heat of the moment, people do things. She said afterwards that it was. Uh, she's doing it for for women everywhere. It's about it's about well, women's her, rights. For the, I know. Except for the woman she's playing against. Yeah. Well, they, who then lost her grandson title. That was incredible. So her post match interview, she the statement she made was, "I've never seen that umpire dock any dock men any points for calling him a thief." Well, how many men have called him a thief? Yeah, exactly. None? So he's not docked them any points? It, yeah, I, I hope she's banned. I really hope that she's banned. I think it's awful. But in rugby, male, female, and the women's uh, premiership and uh, what is the be- worst began this weekend. Premier What's... 15s. It... That began this weekend. weekend. I think in, in women's rugby, in men's rugby, it would be a significant ban. Absolutely, and it should be. Didn't win Saracens up this, this neck of the woods this weekend? Against uh, um, Waterloo. Waterloo, Waterloo, yeah, I did they, see. Yeah, I they saw won. That. They're, they're the current champions. It'd be pretty yeah, cool to live near Waterloo because that's in the middle of like a. Uh, I love that club. Amazing, amazing housing estate. Nice little pavilion. Yeah, oh, the pavilion's amazing. Lovely pitch with a nice fav- stand. Yeah. yeah, I love because you have there. to walk through it, don't you? And there's a little drum on, on like on yeah. the top. It's a proper rugby club. That isn't. Yeah. I th- was that. Uh, was that Ben Kay and Austin Healy's club? It might have been at one point. Yeah, I think it was. I'm not sure what level they're at now. Maybe level five. Yeah, about that. Level four, level five. Really good club. Yeah, it'd be cool because like you literally get, you know, no one really knows about Waterloo um, Rugby Club in the in the men's world, but in the women's world, they're they're an absolute top team. You could literally just wander around and watch Saracens versus Waterloo play um, on a on a on a a Saturday afternoon, which is bloody brilliant. Good stuff. There you go. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to take us off in that, but I thought (laughs) it's great. And I'm we'll glad probably we... get some criticism for that because uh, Dan Carter's one who he he's tweeted. I've just closed it down. He's tweeted how immensely proud he is of both women. Oh, but why? <laughs> I mean, it's, it just shows. I'm right. just upset they published the result. Yeah, oh, I'd yeah, rather yeah, yeah. they publish the you know what learns have you made? As do, our current... do you know what I do worry about? The so-called journalists that tweet things like <laughs> so careful now, Jay. <laughs> yeah, and there are a few, a few of them tweeting about tennis like. This is inspirational. And I just can't, I can't get my head around how broken your thought process must be to class that as anything other than brattish behaviour. I mean, I, my, my, my mind does not work like that. It's pretty, pretty, pretty <coughs> basic, as you might know, pretty binary. Um, there, is, there, is no, there is no defence of it, let alone uh, yeah, it being like inspirational I, or speaking for women. From what I've seen, I simply can't see any defence for it. No. But then there was a there was an, an article in the in the Times apparently I, I need to no read the it. Uh, the Independent Jonathan Liu oh, the, yes. there, there was there was, a, there, was a, there was another apart, uh, argument basically talking about um, uh, broadcasting sport broadcasting and rugby and stuff being just too white too male so I'm, so uh, my days might be numbered there so oh well <laughs> oh well 
get back to podcasting. I mean, that's exactly why podcasts will eventually take over the world. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There we go. Um, we've not yet touched on the rugby championship. Uh, no, how did London Scottish go? lost to Ealing trail finders that's not a bad loss yeah well not with the money that they're spending this year yeah this I think uh, our championship coverage will mostly be London Scottish watch this year is is that is that fair to say yeah well yeah we've I've got skin in the game there so um yeah I wonder if um I wonder if your brother says that about the podcast world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, what what were the other noticeable results from the championship? Uh, <laughs> which one? London Irish won again. Okay. Uh, 52-20 against Nottingham. Carnegie beat Richmond. Oh, 31-36. Scottish uh, Trailfinders, oh. yeah. Oh, was that London Scottish Ely yeah. Trailfinders? Yeah, I didn't thir- know. Oh. 31-36. Oh, that's... Oof, they could have really made a statement there. Yeah, yeah. big time. Um, the other rugby championship. Oh, sorry. I actually thought you wanted to talk about the rugby championship. <laughs> no, the other rugby championship. The Southern oh, Hemisphere right. International yeah. Tournament. Sorry. I'd much rather talk about Ealing versus... <laughs> we want to talk about those South American playboys and some of their incredible tries against the inevitable oncoming crushing by an All Blacks well, side, I, second I side. I didn't actually see this, so <laughs> yeah, mind mix. if I just nip up and grab, grab myself a drink and you two talk about <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, go on. Yeah. Did you see this game, Tim? Uh, Are no. you prepped? No, 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 I didn't. I've watched highlights. <laughs> oh, I guess, you, I, you, I saw I guess you've been working Where do they keep getting these wingers from? Because, like, Imhoff is, you know, I, I I just got used to knowing him and then he was no longer in the Argentinian team. And yeah, he was at Racing Metro. Or Racing Metro and they don't need him. And then... Cordero. Uh, and then Cordero came along. Then he's, oh, what a player he looks at Exeter as well now. Uh, now he's bedded in. So it was like, oh, great. Yeah, cool. I know Cordero. Fine, brilliant. And then he's no longer in the side. They just have this ridiculous conveyor belt of incredibly gifted wingers. Yeah, and it was Delgi last week. Yeah, with, a, was, with that run from under his own posts. Yeah, and it was Moyano and Buffelli this week. I'll have a drink as well, thank you. <laughs> Just got some waters. As we said, drink responsibly. Exactly. Wait, this yeah, is, so, this is, you're, not, you're not plugging anything here. This isn't. No, a, no, this is just me drinking sparkling water. Mm, oh, right. Fairborn Springs, refreshing. <laughs> yeah, thank Drink, you very much. Ice cold. This feel. It does feel like <laughs> you're on like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Like a nineties sitcom. Where like, 
What are you drinking? Hold James on. Haskell Body Hold Fire. <laughs> Another this d- body d- fire tastes <laughs> delicious. <laughs> is this is this water sparkling natural mineral water from the Fairborn Springs? It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So, do you <laughs> think what an unusual mis- interlude? Yeah. Um, do you think they missed a trick here, Argentina, by having loads of wingers, whereas? The All Blacks have decided, no, what we need is loads of fly halves. Well, loads of fly halves and loads of... Who can also play wing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Wish. loads of fly halves. Although um, Moonga didn't have his best game, what they have got is abundance of very talented back rowers. Yes, they do. Man, they do as well. Shannon Frizzell. Who? Shannon. Okay. Frizzell. Great name. Brilliant put that, name. Put that in a men with women's names, 15. Yeah. yeah. Highlanders, 6. Six slash eight slash second row um, was immense throughout it. Carried incredibly hard, hit even harder, um, scored a try as well. But just, I mean, 12 months ago, it was Via Fafita who would have been kind of the fourth choice six. And now we've got this guy moving ahead of someone like Via Fafita. There was, was rumours of Fafita coming to Exeter. On a short-term yeah. deal. There, right. there was talks because he didn't make the um, the All Black squad. So I've got a question for you, right, about Exeter. I know we were talking about you know, the greatest team in the world, but let's talk about Exeter, the other greatest team in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what, is the, what is the crack with their massive ginger flanker? Oh, hang on. No, he's, gone to, he's gone to Saracens. I've got it the wrong way around. Conlon. Conlon. Yeah. Has somebody that? must love him. He's been at Exeter, who are no mugs, and now he's at Saracens who are also no mugs, and he's been there for two years and he doesn't get any game time, but he must be awesome in some respect. He plays in sevens and the Anglo-Welsh Cup, or what? Yeah. I seem to think... So he's kind of just down the depth chart a bit. I seem to think he had an injury last year, which might have been one of the reasons why we've not seen as much, but... Mm. I'm fascinated to know more about this guy. Anyway, sorry, you were talking about... Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand did the New Zealand thing, which it was a relatively close game. Um, Argentina scored first through Moyano, their their other so Delgi Moyano Befelli their other with, with winger their that you've three. never heard of uh, but is awesome but yeah again. turning Moonga and TJ Perinara inside out yeah. for that first try but then New Zealand just did what they they do uh, they eventually got the foothold in the game they got the territory and when they get the opportunity so was it close up to the first in the first half and then he ran away in the second half. <laughs> How did you know? Yeah. Is that what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah. The, um, uh, my, one of my favourite named players in world rugby is Geronimo De La Fuente. <laughs> amazing name. <laughs> Love it. It is an amazing name, isn't it? <laughs> so basically it's exactly the same as every other All Blacks game. The the guy that they brought in was amazing. Um, actually, no, Richie uh, Amunga wasn't amazing to be fair. But then they ran away with it in yeah. the second half. Basically, Yes. Perfect. And the Australian box game, yes, Australia's haircuts are getting worse. But the home team won, just as we thought. Well, the two fly halves was the battle of the worst possible haircut in rugby. <laughs> it really was. With uh, Kirtley Beale and Elton Yanchis playing 10. Yeah. Both playing and That 10. is a true hold my beer moment. Like, Elton <laughs> Yanchis has the worst hair in rugby. <laughs> Kirtley, beer, Kirtley Beale, hold my beer. <laughs> and I mean, uh, to add to it, Faf at nine... His hair is astonishing. Sorry? 
<laughs> Faf's hair. Faf's, Faf's hair is flowing and beautiful. <laughs> Faf's hair is wonder. He's got lovely hair. He's remarkable. Would you like to have hair like Faf the clerk? If I if I had luscious blonde locks like what? him. If I was as genetically gifted as if we had, if we crowdfunded a, <laughs> a hair uh, advanced hair studios, <laughs> if, 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 I, if, if I could be more like Faf the Clerk and less like me, I would take it today. Do you know, do you know what's going to happen? Is you know there was that there was a guy on Celebrity Big Brother who'd had so many operations to look like oh, the Ken doll. Yes. that's going to be you, <laughs> Faf the Clerk. Well, Faf the Clerk does look. There's something a bit odd about him. He does look like a. a a doll of some there's, sort. No, he, it's he like a doll. Look like a, he, he looks. He just looks like a perfect human. He, there's nothing. He looks like a doll that would like creep out in one of the Saw films. Yeah, before you get know, exactly. to pieces. <laughs> he does have that sort of uh, very nice, very nice. Hair. Lots of energy. <laughs> lots of energy. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm sure his favourite saying is 100. percent 100 percent boys. 100 percent. 100 percent boys. Um, Australia snuck it in this game. Um, partly helped. So Matt Tamua played very, very well after two weeks ago he was in Australia. Last week he was in Exeter. What do you reckon? This week he's in, in Do you Australia. think the Australian Rugby Union or Leicester or Matt Tamua are getting his air miles points? <laughs> it's an important question. <laughs> yeah, someone is, I mean. Someone's getting some upgrades. What do you reckon? He's Serious watch- air miles. What do you reckon he's watching on Netflix? I'd, lo- I'd love to know because he must have gone through a lot of it. Ev- everything. The yeah. whole thing. If yeah. you've got any Netflix-based questions, contact Matt Tamua because he's seen everything. <laughs> um, he, I, he, I expect he finds an hour or two to listen to the podcast. To listen to this podcast. The, of, oh yeah, of our podcast account we'll just, now. We'll just tell him. Just what tell are you watching him, on Netflix, Matt. Just ask him now, Matt. Get in touch because we know you must listen to the, the the podcast on your journeys back and forth from hemispheres. Um, what a travel yeah, schedule! Let us know. So I, I wonder he, if that'll stop now, actually, because um, obviously there's a change of changing of the guard at Tigers. Maybe. Well, they'll have another game next week, and then maybe a one-week rest. So we'll have to see. Um, but so he was man of the match. Mm-hmm. He was kicking sticks uh, at least early on. Oh no, he's kicking sticks right throughout the whole thing, apart from uh, Reese Hodge long-distance penalty. Um, did you see his his try? It was a similar one to the. Tom Dunn try in the you bath d- game. You just reminded me of another Nick Mullinsism when Elliot Daly kicked a long, long, long kick. The long distance lorry driver. driver. Love it. I do like the stocky little dumper truck. Stocky little dumper truck. That it's was a it. very good one for uh, Harry, Harry Thacker. Thacker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tamua, his, he was gifted an over, uh, on your own five metre line, overthrow by the hooker, and Matt Tamua picks up and slides in. Classic. Yeah. Classic, and, and that was the difference between the two teams in the end. So, well done, South Africa. Yes. <laughs> um, anything else? You both seem to be uh, running out of energy. No, no, I'm just texting Matt uh, Ma- Ma- uh, <laughs> What, to, to tell him well played on the... Uh... No, seeing what he's watching on Netflix. Tell him uh, Phil says well played uh, on the Man of the Match performance and nicely taken try. On your what colour... Um... Compression socks do you wear? <laughs> and um, what have you been watching on Netflix in your 34 hours travelling? Yeah. Uh, right, that's that done. Okay, um, let's do our predictions for next week. But do we briefly need to touch on any of the Pro 14? Um, fant- we talked about Ulster and what a fantastic result that was. And in fact, I was going to say, sorry. Bit it's, ga- uh, it's 
gassy. This, this. this amazing James Haskell is. sparkling water <laughs> is uh, making us all quite Jim. gassy. Yeah, body fire of sparkling water. Um, that's one game I have got in the calendar for the European weekend. I'm I'm the, the Ulster at Ravenhill against Leicester. I'm so excited about. That. I can't wait to go back there. That was just yeah. love that place. So, but, but we need we need to get. Yeah, we need to we need well, to. So Ravenhill's somewhere I wanna wanna go for a an egg chasers trip. Good fun night out. Why do I feel I'm missing something fundamental? Something really important. Well, we have got the one trip lined up that we need to. So I've been phenomenally busy up to this point. Next weekend, we are going to book our Marseille trip mm. for the Rugby World Cup repechage. Like oh, the Rugby it. World Cup repechage, yes. Yeah. The, the last weekend, so it's there for three consecutive weekends, I think. So the last weekend, we're going to go to what's it. The, what's, what's the date? Uh, it's the last weekend in November, so I think it's the 24th, 25th. Which weekend. means we can then hop on a train and go to World Player of the Year. Yeah. Boom. 23rd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. Are we needing some new tweed? Of November. That weekend. Right. Excellent. Um, and also. Oh, your, your Benetton boys won as well. Yeah. Top 20, of the league. 27, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we said that right at the start of the show. Yeah, they didn't battered we? Cardiff. Nothing, nothing sweeter than battering Cardiff. By a point. Of course. Uh, well, battering's a battering, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing well. They're doing really well. I'd, I'd love to go there and watch um, uh, and, and watch a game in Treviso. Watch the boys. Watch the boys. Watch, watch your the, boy, you Watch Arnie. the lads. You um, And, of course, Sailor off to um, Connacht, so that could be a, another one we, that we should go to. Yeah. Right, ne- next weekend, before the, we won't do it on the podcast, we'll look at our travel plans. Well, if I... Yeah, yes. Oh, I'm free on that last weekend in November currently. Awesome. Game on. Right. Predictions. So we'll quickly rattle through the Pro 12, uh, Pro 14. Why do I still... I'm, I'm literally reading Guinness Pro 14 and saying Pro 12. Um, <laughs> so Friday, Friday the 14th of September, Edinburgh hosts Connacht. Connacht who had a good, very Edinburgh, good win. Edinburgh are finally going get, to get a win. I think, I think you're right. Edinburgh... Edinburgh should have beaten Ulster oh, by all yeah. rights. After they threw it away in the same way that uh, Gloucester did, and massively ahead. So Edinburgh to win at home. Munster host Ospreys, which will be Munster. Munster, Munster win. Leinster host Dragons. Ooh, Le- this will be close. Leinster to bounce back. Uh, Leinster definitely to bounce back. Then Scarlets host JB's beloved Benetton. Scarlets did get a win. Scarlets did. They've got. They've got a lot of injuries, though. They've got injuries, but they're, but they're, they're, getting, players, they're getting players back. Yeah, but Treviso are tough. <laughs> Treviso um, are tough. Well, you, if you're a real fan, you know they're not Treviso anymore. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> still calling Treviso. Treviso. Plus, I, I have to say, JB, you have picked a really good team to follow because it's um, you can kind of... I was thinking this is a great way to have a... You, you, you could please the missus, say we're going to Venice... Ah! Why don't you stay? Why don't you go and do some shopping? I'll nip and over. Nip off. It's half an hour away. It is. It is. Um, Genius. I, I think Treviso will win. I think they will go to Scarlets and turn them over. Give me, they, give me Scarlets. Well, they beat uh, Leinster at Leinster uh, last they've year. They've never won their opening two games. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And they've certainly so they've certainly never won their three opening games. That's correct. That's a fact. That they are making fact. history. Unfortunately, JB, I'm, I'm going to have to say I, I disagree. No, hear me now. Believe me later. There we go. Uh, Cheetahs hosting Glasgow. So Cheetahs hosting Glasgow. Glasgow are in <sighs> South Africa. I don't know what squad they're taking out there. Um, Cheetahs, have, they have been struggling a little bit. Have they played in South Africa yet? No, they played two away yeah, games. Yeah, well, that, that's their home. thing, though. So 
I still think Glasgow are going to win that. I don't see it. They look good against Munster. Glasgow they look, they look good. really Glasgow good. Glasgow, great outfit, but cheaters in South Africa. I mean, that's the whole point of them, isn't it? To win games at home. Stuart Hogg, this is his last season at Glasgow, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. up to walk up, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. He'll be going huge, huge wedge after to, that to France. Maybe also yeah. Premiership. Whoever he, he would attract a decent wage. Because he's a very, very talented player. Maybe, and, and he kick, he maybe Exeter well. are waiting for him. Do you know who I think maybe, he will go yeah. to? Exeter would be a great move as a, a permanent 15. No, I, t- I tell you where he's going to go. Providing, you know, they're not bankrupt by this time ne- uh, next year. Wasps. Wasps will lose Willie LaRue to Japan. <laughs> and then that just makes too much sense. That would make sense. Oh my goodness, that would be ridiculous. That yeah, would he's make so sense. waspy as well. He's very I'd, I'd love to see him at Exeter. I think he'd fit in well. Yeah, I'd like to see him at Exeter. Anyway, um, so me and Tim are both saying Glasgow win. Yep. JB, you're saying Cheetahs. I think Cheetahs. And then Zebra host Cardiff Blues. Come on, uh, Zebra for me. Which, Cardiff. Yeah, but Cardiff, isn't it? Are you allowed, aren't they a bit touchy? Hey. Apparently they're a bit touchy about calling them Cardiff. They're the Blues. Oh, who cares? The Blues. Um... Then we've then we also have rugby championship. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You missed one. Did I, did I? Kings at Ulster. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Because oh, it's such a foregone conclusion. Sorry, that's the Sunday game, isn't Christ, it? Doesn't win, even need the question. Doesn't three need in a row. The question <laughs> doesn't need to be asked. It's it's Ulster to extend their lead at the top. It's it a, yeah. You, are you Pride. Uh, that should be on TV, right? Uh, if you've got Premier Sports, I'll come round. I do have uh, Premier Sports Just purely for the Jim Hamilton highlight show. It's the only reason <laughs> I have it. I'll come around and watch it. Oh, the Jim Hamilton Hamlet show or Ulster? Preferably Ulster okay. Kings. Um, so that's all the Pro 14. Rugby Championship. Nottingham, London Welsh. Good highlight L- show. L- L- Not Scottish. a very good pint. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> beef. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, in the, the Rugby Championship, not the Green King IPA Championship, in the Rugby Championship, uh, New Zealand hosts South Africa, which I think is going to be... Probably the same as most New Zealand games. New Zealand to win by 20 points in the end. Mm-hmm. And Australia host Argentina, which will be an interesting game. I, th- I, I think your point that you made before the tournament where you said, apart from New Zealand, home wins. I'm just going yeah. to go yeah. with that. Yeah. Just, just stick with that. It's, it's worked so far. I think it, it probably won't be far off. Um, I actually think Argentina probably not got a bad chance of... Upset in Australia. You reckon? I just don't know how this championship's going to continue, you know. Because all the stadiums are empty, except for the New Zealand ones, which aren't very big. Right, Australia just... Well, the, Argent- the Argentinian stadiums are always But they're rammed. not... I mean, I mean, they look like something from Mad Max, though, don't they? <laughs> Lots of raw concrete and, like, you know... Uh, yeah, but if you're would you prefer, would you prefer that, Mad Max raw concrete, or would you prefer the... Um, Ultra-modern, empty Australian oh, stadium? No, no, the, the, one in, the, the one in Paris. Oh, I Ooh. love that. The dystopian Dystopia. giant yeah. screen. Yeah. I, I love like Blade I, Runner I, or something. Well, I, t- I tell you my... I tell you, my favourite rugby ground, and it's rugby league ground, it, it was the Willows. Even more than uh, the Even Rec? More, um, it, they were exactly... The, I, <laughs> I wrote them exactly the same, right? They, the Willows they, was like sunk into the ground, the wasn't it? amazing. They, the they speak the ground was like 20 feet below... <sighs> I don't think it was... That, I mean, yeah, it was sunk, uh, sunk. It was in the middle of a housing estate in Weest. Very similar sort of estates to the one you find, uh, find in Bath. Yeah, I was going to say, the, 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 state, the state of the two. the two grounds is a... 
perfect reflection on the local demographic of Bath Do you know and what? Salford. You think you've nailed it, really? That's what makes the ground great. Does it represent the local area? And those two were... Perfect. Yeah. And that's why I love the, the, the Ravenhill Kingspan. I really love it. It feels part of that community. It hey, feels... Tell you what, yeah. go to Ravenhill. Traditional. You've been, yeah, you've been working, haven't you? Yeah. It's a great stadium. It's brilliant. Great um, atmosphere. Oh, the Willows. They, that was such a good stadium. Such a good stadium. I've okay. got the AJ Bell now. Um, yeah. I mean, the AJ Bell was built for Salford, so they could been off, uh, been off, been off the Willows. And the toilet was literally the men's toilet was just literally a wall. It was a wall with a drain pipe. A, a, yeah, a drain channel. It was just. It was amazing. I, <laughs> I used to go as a kid. I used to have a season ticket for quite a few years. My, my old man's a, a Salford fan, and yeah, it was. It was basic. Uh, it was about as basic as you could imagine in a professional sport. I don't know how arena. it happened, right? But it did happen. I started following Salford City Reds when... I don't, again, I don't know how this happened. They managed to attract a, a record crowd of 11,000 people to watch... Um, <laughs> 11,000 Sol- hardy souls, yeah, from, hardy the streets, souls. <laughs> from the streets of Salford. To watch Salford versus Warrington. It was something like... 34 all. It was an unbelievable game. Well, so because it's so close, so when I was a kid, Leeds, Wigan, Saints, Warrington would all bring massive, yeah. like thousands, multiples of thousands of travelling fans. You know, I feel like that, you know that picture of the Red Indian where he's looking over uh, his lost land and a single tear rolls down his cheek? That's <laughs> how, how I feel when we discuss uh, the, the state of Salford City Reds now. The mighty Reds. Well, they're they're, they're top of the table in the middle eights at the moment. Perfect. <laughs> Not that anyone cares. Right, so rugby championship, we're saying home win for Australia, win for New Zealand. Yep. And then the Prem, right? Me, me and you, Tim, need to continue our yeah. almost flawless 11 prediction. out of 12 so well, far. Isn't that 11 and a half out of 12, I'd say. Yeah. 11 and a half? You're not giving we, yourself a half. For the draw. No, absolutely not. You call it a draw or it's wrong. Okay. If it ruins your accumulator, it's not right, is 11 it? 11 11.5. I've got two wrong all season. Um, so, Friday night, Gloucester host Bristol. Bristol, who put in an excellent... We've not spoke about it, but an excellent... Oh, and the George... Oh, the George Smith red. What did you do yeah. for that red? I didn't see it. Uh, it was... It, it was soft. The, no, let me, let, me, uh, let me question it. Let me put this the right way. The referee decided it was... And the, with the TMO's help, that it was a... High tackle that constituted a straight red card. He, oh, he, the, no. the referee and TMO said that first contact was shoulder to head, which I'm not sure no, it was. It really wasn't. So Jackson's re- head did snap back because of the force of it, but I, I think it was shoulder to upper chest area. When you see the reverse head... angle, it was like it would be like the reverse angle of a of a punch in Rocky, <laughs> uh, where. Dolph Lundgren's head just flew backwards, back. and you think, "Wow, he's, he's clearly walloped him there." But I'm not saying Jackson Ray faked it. No, he didn't. Because That's not was, the point. Was, clearly not. Of course hard. he didn't. But he was hit hard. But it was it was not shoulder to head. I'm disappointed yeah. that that was a red. Yeah, but um, George Smith dealt with it very well. He did. He just walked off and then went to apologise to Pat Lamb. Yeah, he did. Was, was which is a, an incredible Serena way Williams. Of, of dealing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have a look at that, George Smith. <laughs> there's a. There's a, yeah, but they, a but magnanimous they, yeah, athlete. But, but they grew up with different life experiences, Tim. And you'll note that it was a man that uh, issued the red card as well uh, to another man. So there can be no sexism there. Yeah. It does It does beg the question, why are we uh, allowing women referees into 
rugby because it's surely just going to make more trouble for us. More sexism. But it'd just be easier if we just eliminated all women's sport or all, all, all participation from rugby, and then we wouldn't have the, the tennis conflict. And, well, and for any and for anyone who might like to take that out of context, that was that was a light-hearted joke. <laughs> yes, 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 it was a joke. Yes, it was a joke. It was a joke. So, so Gloucester versus Bristol. Uh, Gloucester at home, but I, I do like the cut of Bristol's jib. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I think in my uh, in my head, most likely for the drop right now is Worcester. Mm. Although I am fully expecting this to flip a few times during the season, as it normally does. Um, so yeah, Gloucester at home. Then on Saturday, are you working any games this weekend? No, not this weekend. So we've got Exeter versus Sale, which is going to be, as we said before, probably a fairly Exeter. comprehensive home win. Mm, yeah, sadly. We've got Harlequins hosting Bath, which will be another interesting test. That's a very big test. It's interesting test to see where they are. We'd, we said that Northampton Quinns was going to be an interesting test, but we didn't really learn anything other than they both have individual brilliance, which we knew, and they're both not the complete article, which we also knew. Quinns are missing quite a lot of players. Are they? Uh, yeah, well... Uh, Brown. Mike Brown. Uh, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Joe Marler dropped out before Joe kickoff. Marler dropped out before Matt Simmons. James Hallwill. Yeah, Hallwill was out. <laughs> Simmons... That? Was struggling beforehand. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Luke Australia. Wallace. They had a food bug, didn't they? Did they? The year before the game. Luke, Luke Wallace, Boise. Boise. Boise yeah. uh, Visser played A-League against Gloucester yeah, on t- Monday night. So you want to see, see an A-team? Have a look at Exeter Chiefs' A-side that played today against Bath. The Braves. Jack Knoll played. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> oh, there's, there's some other players that I'm... I've just I did, totally, I did totally brave-hearted some serious, serious players in that team. You've got a serious squad. Okay, so Quinns versus Bath, what are you seeing? <sighs> Quinns at home. Yeah. For so, they, they always pull it out at home. If Give me Quinns at home. If Bath is serious, right? If they're serious, they're going to win this. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, this is the, the ideal game to test where, where they're at. Yes, you're right. Because Quinns are one of those sides that are in that middle chunk of teams yeah. that are going to be jockeying for position. And Quinns at home are a, a tough ask. So, yeah, if in terms, of, in terms of progression, Bath winning this one would be a... It would, it would keep an upward trajectory from where they were on the opening day. Yeah, yes, so correct. The start of the season, the three games have been below the relegation favourites. Oh, it's tough to call, I don't drawn. know. At home, and now they've got to beat Quinns away. And I think if they beat Quinns away, I think you can expect some good things. This is hard to call. I, I'm going to stick with Quinns, but I think it's hard. Bath. So yeah, sorry. So in the in the Chiefs ace, uh, the Chief Braves team, which uh, played played Jack Knoll and Michelle Campagnaro in the back line. Nice. Dave, Dave Dennis, Dave, Dave, Dave Ewers. Oh bloody hell! Ben Moon, um, all in the pack. James Short only on the bench. Huh. Wow. Yeah. They got they are a serious squad these Jim days. Jim Short on the bench for the A team. Yes yeah. me. Um well, uh, well n- n- next game Worcester and Newcastle? Yeah. Which uh, I think Newcastle are going to win this. I think Worcester will win that. So Worcester they did show some they've showed some positive things in the first two games. As I said before, the bit that was a bit frustrating they just 
they've got such good outside backs and they were just keeping it too tight. It was almost as well, if they were... Well, when Bryceheem scored, who was it that made the point? Like, the forwards aren't good enough, give it to Bryceheem. Well, at yeah, that stage, made, yeah. Probably got a good point. But it just, it felt like they were too afraid of losing to win, right, if that so makes like, sense. Yeah, I'm going to swap that around. I think Newcastle will win that. Yeah, Newcastle are going to be hurting Newcastle will win. Two, two losses there. We've got Northampton hosting Saracens, which I expect will be a, a fairly big win for Saracens. And Saracens to bring uh, Billy Vanapola and Liam Williams off the bench, yeah. <laughs> who scored four tries in the last 20 minutes between them, amazing. admittedly against a depleted Bristol side. That is amazing. And then on Sunday, we have Wasps hosting Leicester. This is a good game. This is a really tough game to call. Yeah, though. this one. It's, 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 it's at will, the Rico. This is another one to, to um, gauge where these teams are at. Yeah, so I think that Wasps will be beaten by 2014-era Bath com- comfortably. <laughs> Ford and Eastman pulling the strings. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think Leicester can win this. No, I'm going to go with Leicester. I'm, I want to say Leicester as well. It feels like they, it was such a good performance by Leicester. Such a, such a, and it's, it's not just uh, everything slotted into place. They were playing differently. Yeah. They were, they were playing a different pattern, different game plan, controlled by George Ford entirely. That. Suits the way they want to play. What Wasps have got issues as well. Nizam Carr was already out injured. Yeah. Brad Shields. Yeah. Broken cheekbone. Yeah. Is a doubt for the autumn internationals now. Uh, Nathan Hughes went off and was icing his hamstring. You notice how I'm I'm very very knowledgeable on uh, injuries yeah, to Wasp back row players. Could it be that I have, ones. Could it be that I have a couple of them in my fantasy rugby team? <laughs> Will be. Um, so no, they've got. And they've got Thomas Young out injured already. They, they've Alex Reed is out injured long term. Tom Willis knee. Is it Jack Willis or Tom Willis? Jack Willis. Jack Willis knee. So they have issues. And and um, Vili Larue is this the game he comes back? No, he's, he's playing against New Zealand. Uh, again in my fantasy Ooh. rugby draft team. <laughs> oh man, is it he, he's he's hardly playing until Christmas. No, I'm sure Wasps have done a deal where he they oh, get out there. Uh, I think Wasps have done a deal where mm. he'll he'll they'll have access to him and it may well oh, I need to check this. <laughs> right, you <laughs> I th- I, I still that. think Wasps at home. Give me Leicester. I mean only, I, w- I want to say Leicester as well. Yeah, the only um cautionary but, tale I'll tell is Leicester looked amazing last year against Cast at home. Like I thought, oh my god, it, this this looks brilliant and we never saw it again. And I hope this is that this week isn't this year's version of Cast. Other than that, yeah, they can do it. Tough fixtures to call. Actually, I'm going to change my mind. I've only seen one good performance by Leicester, so give me Wasps. Oh! Oh, interesting. I'm sticking with Leicester. So, how are we different? I say Leicester, and I'm also saying... Bath. Bath. Look at that. Hear me now, believe me now. Easy money, follow my picks. <laughs> <laughs> Easy money. There we go. All right. Right, I'm going to... Cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers... Or egg ten at checkout. Fill your boots with that. Uh, enjoy yourself on us. Have a great week of rugby and let the boys play. The boys play.